Oh, Lord, these boys are handsome. This is the Dynasty Football Life Podcast. Evening listeners, Jason, Ty, and Nick, and me, Dave, are the Dynasty Football Life Podcast employees. We're clocked in to talk about all things Dynasty football in the fantasy form. I think this week, the gentlemen, these guys here, are going to share some insightful thoughts on some players they don't have time for, want nothing to do with them, have no respect for what they do on the field. Good riddance, they say. That might be a little harsh. So I think there's, these are just guys that... Uh, they don't, uh, you guys don't really want to invest in maybe or possibly could sell high. I think that's more of what we're doing here. So maybe they still like them, but they're going to sell them. I know, Nick, you're a big seller, big sell high kind of guy. I sell marbles and small trinkets, <laughs> yes. When you're high? When you're, while you're high? Okay. <laughs> My own marbles, really. This, this pandemic's really hurt Nick's side business. <laughs> he was making upwards of dollars a year. Yeah. Dollars. Yeah. Mar- marbles by Nick. <laughs> uh, fantastic. All right, we're going to do the AFC today for these guys. Again, these guys are uh, sell. We're selling. This week we're selling. Selling everything we can. Anything Nick can sell, he's going to sell. And, of course, Jay and uh, Ty as well. Let's go by division, guys, in, in some particular order. How do you feel about that? Yes. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Good. This is golden. I hate that I, thing. Anyway, I like that you're asking me a question you already know the answer to. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> know how to, to respond because it's in the. We do. It's in the doc, Dave. We're, so we we're, do the we're doing it by AFC. Okay. <laughs> Practicing my hosting skills. It's what we do in the biz, but That's <laughs> why so I get so many offers to host other shows. All right. AFC. Regular Merv Griffin. <laughs> Merv Griffin, everybody. Set. <laughs> Smells like garbage, but I got the set. <laughs> All right, let's go. Episode. I, I got I'm like Russell Brand up here. I just keep interrupting as soon as you speak. That's okay. Except I'm not that funny. <laughs> I didn't think he was that funny at all, but everybody yeah. saw him in it. You'll say it's exactly like Russell Brand. I'm just happy he's sober. All right. No, he's, he's all right. Uh, AFC East. Let's start there because that's the best division. We all know who's going to win the division. That's the Jets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we have a lot of sell highs on the Jets, probably. I don't see it here. I must be on a different dock, eh, guys? I don't have anything on the Jets here. Or well, maybe there's something. I just kind of skipped them. Yeah, it's going to skip them. All right, let's start why. off. How about New England? Let's start off with those bastards. All right, New England Patriots. So we should call them the New England Bastards. That's a good name. They're just a bunch of bastards always winning Super Bowls and stuff. It's annoying. And cheating. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number one cheating team is actually the New York Jets and then the Denver Broncos, actually. Small known fact. I guess it only counts if you get caught, right? Well, no one catches the Jets because they keep fucking losing and they cheat and they still lose. They cheat so much. They actually had to hire Adam Gase to throw people off the scent and help them lose. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I can't cheat. It bounces and all over. That, folks, is my weekly segment of Fuck You, Adam Gase. <laughs> um, all right, Ty, I think you've got somebody from New England you're uh, considering uh, getting rid of. Uh, you don't want him. Yeah. Ta ta. Who is it? I wrote down Julian Edelman here. You did. Um, not necessarily selling him no matter what, because I don't know how, how high the return is going to be. 
you know, if you're a contending team in a full PPR league, he's probably still got some value for you for a year. But uh, I think I'm looking to get out of him. You saw his price crash quite a bit when Tom Brady left, and now that Cam Newton's in town, I think it's gone up a little bit. And for me, I just see a 34-year-old wide receiver that's playing with a, like a brand-new quarterback. You know, we're not going to have much of an offense this year because of COVID. And <laughs> you know, we'll see how well Newton even takes in the playbook. I threw a quote in here. It was actually a quote from Edelman that uh, Cam Newton recently retweeted, looking at the playbook, saying, this shit is calculus. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm confident that he's really taking that all in and that it's going to come together really quickly this season. So I think if I'm, you know, if I own Edelman, this might be, you know, you're probably still not selling him for a good price, but I'm probably trying to, you know, put some flyers on, maybe get out of him at this point. Makes sense. Make it, with that, just having Newton come in, you'll get a, a few people like, oh, I want Edelman again all of a sudden. So Mike Brady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like his value is lower than it was with Tom Brady last year, probably still, but at least you see a, enough of a bump now that you can get out for, you know, for something. Yeah. Get out. I think the the time to sell him really was before the the de- the decline of Tom Brady. But I think at this point, if you still own him, you better get out of him pretty quick. Pretty quick. Last call, Edelman. Last call, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right, cool. Anybody else on the uh, the old patriotic team there? I threw uh, Nikhil Harry in there. <clears throat> if you look at his uh, ADP, excuse me, uh, it's it's climbing way too high for me right now. The news of Newton coming in, everyone's jumping all over. Um, the hairy hype. And for me, I'm just not going to invest that WR 43 when I, you know what I could take Brandon cooks, T Higgins, Michael Pittman in the same range in and around that area. I'd rather go with those guys than invest in Nikhil Harry who didn't really show that well, even though he was injured most of last year. This fall, give him a chance, Nick, give him a chance or don't give him a chance. I don't care. No, I'll take him. You take him, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to mention. <laughs> I don't own Patriots. I have a strict rule about that. Strict rule. That's silly. It is true. But now's the time to not really own them, so maybe your rule will come to fruition. At least something will. All right. Is that it uh, for New England then, for sure? I think that's all we got here. We can uh, trickle along. I don't really see a lot of sells in that team, in all honesty. I think a lot of their values values kind of disappeared the last couple seasons, really, as the team kind of switched focus a little bit. But uh, other than that, I think Sonny Michel, uh, you're not getting much for him. Whether or not you believe. Oh in God, him. no! So, much right. Evans, no. Is it a sell if you're giving it away? I don't really think so. <laughs> no. I actually saw something earlier today. Sony Michelle's played thirty some games in the NFL. He's finished as a top twelve running back five weeks in his entire time in the NFL. Yeah, but Ty, it was that one run in the playoffs like, there that were just fantastic. Yeah, and I wanted to believe it. I was a Sony guy coming out of college, but yeah, I don't. I just don't know how much is there. Yeah. It, it, I think you know, he might be worth a flyer and redraft this year, late, late. But yeah, I think maybe too. If you're in, if you if you're a Cam Newton owner, and you're not super confident about his ability to to really be a great player in New England, maybe now is the time to kind of buy in a little bit of the hype, him going with Belichick and that kind of stuff, and seeing what the kind of what what your league is is willing to pay for him, especially if you're in a two quarterback league. To yeah, me, and, and if you're in one of those leagues that has DST, maybe the New England Patriots defense. That might be their best fantasy know. option for a lot of this year. Yeah. I'll take a Samsung flip phone over Sony. Kid <laughs> <laughs> you not. All right, let's get on to your favorite team, guys. All of you. Makes me sick. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Nick, let's start with you. Singletary, uh, I know, Ty, you, you were kind of like, mm, I don't know, and you took him out. Good for you. Uh, but, Nick, you snuck him right back in there. I had to get him in there. Fine. Yeah. So here's just a couple of college numbers that I uh, 
came across actually about 20 minutes ago, just before we got on the uh, on the show. So here's some college numbers for Moss and Devin Singletary. So Devin Singletary's college career, he had a 75% catch rate on 68 targets for a 7.8 yards per catch. And if you look at Zach Moss, he had an 84% catch rate on 78 targets for 10.4 yards per catch. So not only is Zach Moss most likely to be the goal line running back, I think he's actually the better pass catching running back. And for me, I think by the end of 2020 or by the beginning of 2021, we're looking at a situation where Zach Moss is the starter and Singletary is relegated to backup. And so the best part of that entire situation is Singletary is going at RB27 and Moss is going at RB34. I'd much rather invest in Zach Moss right now. So that's the thing with Singletary is that a lot of people, you know, we were kind of high on him last year. Coming into this season, a lot of people were thinking that Buffalo is going to draft, uh, spend some draft capital running back. They didn't spend a ton of capital, but they did draft Moss. And at this point now, I mean, at best, you're going to have with Singletary, you're going to have a split. Right. And at, best, yeah. at, at worst with Singletary, Zach Moss could take over. But I think what this does demonstrate to me is even if it's not Zach Moss, let's say Zach Moss comes in and just fucking fails, then Buffalo yeah, is still possible. looking to address that position next year. So there's, I think what you got out of Moss or out of Singletary last year with, with Frank Gore is probably potentially the best you're ever going to get out of him. Yeah. And I will say, though, just it, it, it is true what Jay is saying, but I think it's kind of built into his price, too. You're looking at RB27. It's not a super high investment in a startup. And you're, I mean, some other numbers we can look at, like Nick provides a nice college look there, but Singletary last season, over five yards of carry in the NFL. He only had, what, three three red zone rushes, and he scored on one of them, and they're all in the same game. If he gets that opportunity, he might excel with it and, and still kind of run with the job. I'm not, you know, 100% sold on Singletary, but I'm not, you know, necessarily just, like, rushing to get rid of him either. No, I think I think I agree with you on that, on that sense. For me, it was more just the team message. Like, mm-hmm. hearing all year that they're going to be looking for a running back, and they do go and spend a little bit of capital on one, just makes me a little nervous about his... I don't think they see him as that true... Like three down back mm-hmm. at any stretch, right? No, they don't. No, it might that's motivate him. More commonplace to in the NFL yeah. anyway. And I like Singletary. Might... I think he was like Ty said. He was great oh, last year, like, especially. For I do actually Ryan like Harold Singletary. I know I've, I've I've crapped on him a lot. It, in this it's show, hard but... to tell, Nick. It really yeah, is. Nick. Yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually like him. I actually like him. I just don't think that he's gonna be the guy. That's so my he's, issue. Interesting he's story. Not gonna be I'm just gonna uh, t- tell you guys a little bit about Nick's love life. So he met his wife. She went to go cross a puddle. He took his jacket off put it near the puddle, then said, just kidding, and pushed her into it, and that's how she found out he liked her. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how he treats Singletary. And A.J. Green. And A.J. Green. No, that's, that's just true hate right there. Just um, All right, so you're saying Singletary is not the next Thurman Thomas? Is that what you're trying to say, guys? It's- no. The closest uh, combine comparable for Thurman Thomas is DeAndre Swift out of this rookie class, if you look up their combine numbers. I fucking know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Off the top of his head, folks. <laughs> I like Go that. Ahead. Uh, look, like, look that up later, Dave. Look that I up believe, I'm not, I'm not going to look it up. That's trust, buddy. Hashtag trust. Oh, I believe you. And I like that because I like DeAndre Swift. He's my guy in the, in the rookie running uh, back class. Yeah, I think I'm starting to fall more in line with Dave on that one. I'm becoming higher yeah. and higher in DeAndre Swift. Not, to, not to get off topic too much. but I'm just watching Dave drink his tea and his mug says, love cats. So I, I can no longer take him seriously because he doesn't—he doesn't even have a fucking cat. Straight up. I think this mug came with the apartment. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think it was here in the cupboard when I moved in. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's concerning. It's just been cracking me up every time he takes a sip. 
All I right. Notice it, but it's all I can see now. Kids. <laughs> all right. Someone wrote digs in here. Who the fuck put that in there? Yeah, you can blame me again for that. Oh, really? That's yeah. why you didn't put your dick deciding. You didn't want yeah, to I, I mean, I, I love Steph Diggs and, you know, Tile kind of, Tile talk, uh, you know, maybe give a little bit of a counterpoint here. But, I mean, I think the issue is just the overall volume. I'm just not convinced. I mean, John Brown is still there. Dawson Knox might take another step. They're going to want to run the ball. Josh Allen likes running the ball at the goal line. And for a guy that's going at WR21, you know, I'd rather invest in DJ Chark or Terry who are going in and around the same range, who I think are going to have a higher percentage of volume of targets. And so that's my concern with Diggs. It's not his talent. It's just that is he going to see the volume that he's been accustomed to seeing when he was in Minnesota? Fair. Um, Did you counter that? No, I'm not really countering his argument. Actually, I agree with most of it. I'm just going to counter the uh, the volume narrative. So last season, Diggs was the fourth player since 1992 to have 1,100 yards on fewer than 100 targets. So I think he's the type of player that can still produce on limited targets. And I, I, I don't see him getting less than 100 targets uh, this year in Buffalo. How mm-hmm. many Josh Allen actually connects on, I mean, that might be a bit of a, you know, a bit yeah. of a toss-up. But the ones he does connect on are going to go for big yards. So I think Diggs is going to be hit or miss for most of the year. But I, I think he he pays back from wide receiver 20, I think. I think, I think too, like, if you're, if you're following Dave's constant narrative of every running, every running quarterback eventually gets injured, Josh Allen is going to have to work on his passing game just a little bit more. And he does have probably the strongest, if not the second strongest arm in the NFL, as far as like just power goes. Um, oh, yeah, he's got a cannon. But I mean, can, can he be more accurate? I think he can. And if you believe that Josh Allen is going to be a better passer, then Steph Diggs should be the recipient of that. I'm not worried about Dawson Knox. I'm not worried about John Brown. I'm more worried about whether or not the game plan fits Diggs in enough. And this might be the season to sell him. Uh, there might be some hype there. Um, I see a lot of people have kind of 50-50 on it or even less where they're looking at potentially moving him based on the old Josh Allen paradox. Yeah, I would say I, if you are moving digs, I think I'd wait until we get into the season a bit. He's bound to have a, a, like a pretty large game at some point. And that's mm. maybe when I would try to sell now. Or as opposed to now, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if like Nick, like Nick alluded to earlier. I don't know if I'm selling him. I just don't know if I'm. I'm drafting him at that spot. Yeah. Yeah. If it comes to Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark, I'm probably taking yeah. both those guys over him in Dynasty. So that's a fair. Point. I still think Diggs. Yeah, I, I think always, Diggs is more talented than those two, though. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I always too. I always look at at it as if I'm doing a startup. Like I'm in a startup, and these are my three options that I can pick from. I'm going to yeah. take Chark or Terry probably over, over Diggs. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, I was going to even mention Josh Allen himself, maybe even as a sell, but I no. think Nick wants to mention the backup quarterback you can't, there. You can't sell yeah. Josh Allen, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, if you look at um, <laughs> if you look at Matt Barkley's ADP. <laughs> Please do. Well, we've actually we've ball. actually seen it rise. Uh-huh. Dave, Dave, Dave drafting him. him. <laughs> and that guy in the Scott Fishbowl that took him second overall. Wild card, bitches! That's thought he was why Saquon. his ADP is rising. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> Out of 87,000 possible drafts, Matt Barkley's yeah. been drafted twice. Yeah. I love that guy. I thought he was drafting Saquon Barkley, took Matt Barkley. And then Matt Barkley went on Twitter. He's like, I apologize, sir. It's like, shout out to the guy that took me second overall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, We've all done it. I've, I've done it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so don't don't feel a bad day for taking him in the twentieth round or whatever you did. Yeah, yeah. it's tenth round actually. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you should still feel a little bad, but yeah, I do. But uh, I feel bad. We're for past it. it. All right, 
Okay, well, let's move on from those Buffalo Bills on to... Um, apparently, Nick wrote something about the Jets here. A bunch of garble. I don't know. What do you got here? It's mostly garble. I mean, if you look at the Jets, honestly, I don't think there's anyone that's a clear sell or someone I want to get rid of. Because I actually think most of the players on the Jets are actually value. Everyone hates Adam Gase. Yeah. And I think a lot of that hate towards Adam Gase has gone into you know Jet players' ADP. I mean, Darnold at QB 18, maybe is that slightly high? Maybe. I think Bell is right where he should be at RB 23. Mims is the highest wide receiver at WR 46. I mean, the, none of those are outrageous. So, in fact, it's, I'd prefer to be buying Jets players yeah, than selling agreed. them. Agreed. That's all nice value, yeah. Cool. Chris Herndon, well, you got good value still at tight end. Well, next episode, this is sell guy, so let's move on from them. <laughs> uh, Nick, I do think you have one guy on the Dolphins, though. This is a big name. Yeah, I was uh, I was trying to come up with someone. I tried to come up with one sell for each team if I possibly could. And the only one that stands out to me is maybe Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, he's right now in July ADP. He went at QB 13 this month. And that's before Jared Goff who's had, you know, three straight top 13 um, fantasy finishes. I mean, Matt Stafford and Danny Dimes. I'd rather take those guys over Tua right now. I mean, the durability concerns we've talked about, I don't know how much rushing upside he's going to have. He may have a bit of a late start to his season this year. I'd rather roll the dice with those three guys than Tua right now. Who the fuck is Danny Dimes? Never heard of this Daniel guy. Jones. Yeah, you've ah, heard about Daniel him plenty. Jones. That's my boy. I think there's a good chance that actually Tua just basically redshirts this year. Let Fitz Magic work for most of the year, but I mean, dynasty wise, that doesn't matter too too much. But no, I don't, I don't know how much uh, Tua we're going to see this year. No, yeah. especially with a short, especially with a shortened off season. Or not a shortened off yeah. season, but a potential no season. Everyone might redshirt this year, but the fact that he's not going to be able to get on the field with a lot of the guys in the sense that you want him to, especially in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm kind of surprised Devontae Parker didn't show up on this list for you guys. Um, I like Parker. He finally broke out. If you believe that he's going to have another year again, then yeah, go for it. Keep him. But, I mean, right now his value has been higher since about five years ago. So, he, yeah. no, but I, th- I think he's going like in the 20s, though, isn't he? Uh, like, 30. He's, he's, he's 80, 80, 80, 40 to 50? Yeah, 30. Actually, it's 30. Oh, is it 30 he's now? right between. Yeah, he's wedged between Jalen Rigor and Debo Samuel. That was in that's in July. I think that's good value still because he fa- he had a finish yeah. in, what top five or top five over the last like what like ten week or eight weeks last year. Eight weeks, yeah. He just gold. I, mean, I realize I have him in one of my keeper in one of our, our leagues. Or like, oh, I looked at my team like oh this team actually looks good. I had Parker and these guys are coming back from injury. Like I actually have a, a pretty good team. It's your, it's your year this year, Dave. Could be. It's uh, 15 years in the making. All <laughs> uh, right. Let's mosey on over. The AFC North. That's up. For those who don't know, North is up. Um, Ravens. Ravens. Let's talk about those birds. What do we got there? What do we got there, fellas? I have Hollywood um, Brown. I still think that Ravens uh, offense is still going to go through Mark Andrews and the tight ends in the passing game. And I don't see really Lamar, and they've added J.K. Dobbins to the backfield. They're not going to change the running game. They're going to they're feed the running backs. So I'm not convinced that Hollywood Brown, you know, is going to get the necessary volume or targets to be, you know, an elite fantasy um, asset. And, I mean, I kind of laid this out a few weeks ago on one of the episodes. and I, <clears throat> The article is up on DonnessyFootballLife.com. But basically, Brown's listed 170 pounds right now. 
1992, the number of wide receivers with 1,000 yards or 70 catches in a season is zero. So let's say he bulks up to 184. There's only been one wide receiver since 1992 with a 1,000-yard season. Three have had 70-plus catch seasons since 92 if they're in and around 184 pounds. So really, if Brown, Hollywood Brown, can achieve those landmarks, 1,000 yards or 70 catches, he'll be a unicorn. And then he'll be a guy that I'll maybe invest in. But right now, he's going at WR26, and I'd rather take Woods or Lockett. We're going one, uh, you know, two spots after him in July ADP. Yeah, I don't disagree. Right. Woods or yeah. Lockett there, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's a consistent guy. I'm, I'm not really... If I have him, I would, would probably try to sell him too. Cool, yeah. Jay, would you agree with that? Are you a Hollywood Brown fan? Not really, no. I'm, I've never really been a Hollywood Brown fan. I think he's a, he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to get. I don't know if I'm selling him now. I, I might wait for a game or two when he blows up and has, you know, yeah, yeah. a big game. One and big then game. maybe yeah. find somebody that's crazy enough to take him that might be desperate for a wide receiver. Um, I don't think it, his ADP, I mean, in the 70s as far as overall goes, above, a little below. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is just after him. Mark Andrews is just before him. I, those, like... Those are the guys I'd be interested in that range, but we're not talking drafting. We're talking selling. And is it what's his value going to get you? Like, what are you getting back for it? And mm-hmm. I think if you can get if you if you have a team with a bunch of guys that are all kind of boom bust guys, then maybe maybe flip one of them and get somebody that's going to be a little more consistent. Maybe somebody that plays the slot and gets a lot of volume in PPR. Um, that's that's kind of where I look at that as far as selling Marquise Brown. Just on the fact that he's going to be inconsistent. He's going to have some really big games. He's going to have some games where he just isn't there at all. And can you afford that on your team? Can you predict when yeah. those games are going to happen? I can't. Not likely. Not likely. All right. Well, Marquise Brown, how about we move on to a whole team named after him called the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> uh, we have at least one guy there of the tight end nature. Ty, I think you popped this guy in here, didn't you? Um, yeah, I did. I threw in Austin Hooper. Um, that, he's, just, he's not somebody I'm, I'm interested in dynasty. Like if you look at where his uh, like in startup drafts, where his ADP is going right now, he's going ahead of guys like Mike Kosicki, Dallas Goddard. He's going a full round and a half ahead of Hayden Hurst and two rounds ahead of Irv Smith Jr. I think I like all of those guys better in Dynasty. And he's going just a couple of picks later than Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson. If you're taking a tight end in that range, just just take one of those guys over Austin mm-hmm. Hooper. If you miss out, wait on Jonu Smith, Mike Kosicki. Like I just I don't really want anything to do with Austin Hooper and the Cleveland Browns offense. A little harsh, but it's honest, and I, re- I appreciate your honesty, Ty. Yeah, just a couple of numbers for uh, for comparison for Cleveland and uh, the Vikings of last year. So under uh, Stefanski in 2019, Kirk Cousins threw only 444 passing attempts, which is good for 24th in the NFL. Matt Ryan had 616 attempts in 2019, and that was third most. So like Ty was kind of alluding to, this is a guy that maybe as third on the depth chart for targets in Cleveland at best. I mean, Kareem Hunt's mm-hmm. going to soak up some targets. Chubb's not going to yeah. go anywhere. Um, I mean, Jarvis Landry and Odell are quite, yeah. Yeah, they're quite talented. So I am absolutely not investing in Austin Hooper okay. at, his, at his current ADP anyways. That's, and that's your right. You're right. I think, I think probably wrong, Oda, I'm probably wrong though, Dave. Uh, I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not interested. In Ho- I'm not interested in Hooper at all. There, there's nothing about that situation. Yeah. Like, I like like is David and Joku that much worse than Austin Hooper? I'd buy him. Yeah, but oh yeah, because his, his value is incredible yeah. right now because he's got he's got he's got no value. 
or no no yeah. uh, no cost to him. But when you look at the tight ends that have been in Cleveland, is Austin Hooper that much better, or is he a guy that had just played in a good situation for a good team that had a couple yeah. highlight real plays where he stiff armed the shit out of people and and got some points? I mean, he's a good he's a fine tight end, but he's not. Uh, like, I'm not taking him anywhere near where he's going. No. And Odo Beckham, no, Odo Beckham's, uh, like, people talk about like Odo Beckham, like that, that's the one that I'd be really concerned with on this team, just based on the fact that last year was kind of up and down, some injury concerns now, especially especially of late. Um, his value is really good at the what, the 11th wide receiver going off the board in July. But there's guys around him. Like if, if you had the opportunity to trade Odo Beckham for maybe like, an, you know, an Amari Cooper, an Allen Robinson, a DK Metcalf, a Calvin Ridley, and then get a little mm-hmm. something yeah. back still off that brand name. Are you going to do it, or are you happy getting him as the 11th wide receiver off the board? I think I'm happy getting him as 11th wide receiver. So, so you're going to roll the dice and hope for that magic that happened before, right? I think yeah. so, because at this, at this time last year, there were people talking about him as a possible first overall pick in Dynasty. Like he was up there with guys like you know DeAndre Hopkins, and there were people talking. You know, that was obviously that was too high, I think, anyway. But, yeah, I think I'd rather roll the dice and see, uh, see how he comes back. I think he's just a special talent. I, I think he's I think he's the interesting one there. And he's he's yep. the guy that is really you're going to he's going to make or break your season. And you could really end up with something special or you could be basically at the end of what his you know ultimate sellable value was. So that, I think it's a decision yeah, you kind of it's yeah. just a decision you have to make this year, I think. Yeah. Yep. And you know what like if if I'm looking anywhere past the first two rounds, I'm I'm willing to take a flyer on somebody that could be extremely extremely special first mm-hmm. round. I don't want that type of risk. No, no. Which brings yeah. us to our next team. And, but for the record, though, I like Odell Beckham, and I would be I would be looking to draft him or acquire him based on just a gut instinct and a fucking dice roll. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I would probably take the guys that you mentioned, Metcalf, Ridley, those guys. I'd probably go that way personally. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your eighth place finish, then. I usually, <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave, I have a look, I have a couple numbers here for uh, Njoku since you mentioned him. I thought it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at uh, tight ends in their rookie season, twenty-one years of age or younger, from nineteen seventy-five to twenty nineteen, I have them sorted by top five in receiving yards. Aaron Hernandez, number one; Gronkowski, number two; David Njoku, number three; Tony Gonzalez, number four; Tony. and Jason Witten, number five. Yeah, that's so impressive we, we, for that we, young. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. forget how how impressive Njoku was in his rookie season. So he's a yeah. guy to keep an eye it's, on. It's, and I think we forget how young he and how raw he was when he entered the league. Like this is a guy that you know that you know may have realistically required three four years to. Yeah, as tight ends usually do to get going. Yeah, as tight ends often do. Yeah. 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 Good point. That's a, this is a good name to be a uh, be a part of. Well, we're Cincinnati. we're supposed to wait on tight ends. I thought they're instantly good. <laughs> Instant. Oh, Instant man. good. Um, I think Gonzalez is just hitting his prime now. GG, is he still playing? No. The Tony Gonzalez. Oh, oh. I was like, who the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? They said Hernandez for a second. I'm like, oh, this is gonna go dark real quick. That's that's weird because I heard Dallas. I'm like, you're talking about? A I heard Dallas or Dallas. Oh, Goddard, no. Tony or? Gonzalez. That's why again, Matt Ryan loves his uh, tight ends. I think you had him for a few a couple years. Um, all right, let's move move on to um, a cat. A group of cats called the Bengals. Uh, this is a big name. Ty, I think you've. Uh, let's go with the big name first. This is. I want to hear this one. I like this guy. Yeah. So, so I have Joe Mixon. 
What's a big and, name? And I, I did allude to it a minute ago. I, I don't like taking question marks in the first round. I'm, I'm willing to bet, you know, on Odell in the second, third, fourth, wherever he's falling. He's falling third or fourth sometimes these days. But Joe Mixon is going at 107 so far for July ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, that's To me, that's crazy. He's going ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Chubb. Josh Jacobs, Lunacy. Jonathan Taylor, Chris Godwin. <laughs> like, that up. all just seems crazy to me. <laughs> That's just too much. He was 17th yeah. in fantasy points per game last year. There's a lot of talk about how he could be this, you know, this great three down back and he's got a ton of receiving potential. But I mean, you know, 45 targets in 2019. I, I, I don't know how many more he's going to get this year. Like, we'll see how the offense goes with Joe Burrow. I still like him as a player and I think he definitely improves upon last year. I don't know, seventh overall. Like, are, are you happy? Rich. You know, pick, like picking seventh overall in a startup and, and selecting Joel Mixon. Absolutely not. And if that's his value right now, man, sell him. Sell him, yeah. I think I mean twelfth in a in a, in a drip. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, that is a little uh, a little high for what we know about him. Like, if you think you could sell him for like Josh Jacobs, and then maybe. Like you know, somebody like a, like somebody like even like maybe somebody higher maybe like a Corton Sutton Calvin Ridley something like that they're fourth round picks right now yeah like if you can make some type of move like that even if you have to add a little extra like I'm way happier with that than with Joe Mixon yeah good point so he's a little too rich so sell him you're gonna get the one for him the one thing I'll say there. about Joe Mixon though is uh, from weeks ten to seventeen in half PPR he was the RB number four in those weeks. So I do think that he improved as the season went on. He got more opportunities. His fantasy points went up a little bit. But I do agree that at his current ADP, he's too costly for me. I would probably I'd be probably going in a different direction when I was drafting. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not saying Joe Mixon's not going to be. You know, he's obviously a talented running back. I, I do like the the skill set a lot. But at 107. I mean, that's that's just a little too pricey. But remember, we're not talking about who we're drafting. We're talking about who we're selling. So if yeah, but if, if people are drafting him at 107, that means you can yeah. probably sell him for a pretty good amount, you know? Yeah. So when you look at when you look at selling during the draft season, you're looking at where are guys going now because that's where their perceived value is. And I mm-hmm. think Joe Mixon, like Ty's alluded to, like we all like Joe Mixon. We're all big Joe Mixon fans, but his perceived value is too high. Yeah. I think there's a lot more value later in the draft. If you want to wait on a running back to the next round, even you can probably get a guy that's maybe a shade off, but you know, really like in the first round, I don't want a running back with question marks, a wide receiver. Yeah. At least you're going to like, if there's a question mark or two, it's a little easier to overcome than a running back with some question marks like that. And with a new quarterback in, in that situation, hopefully things will improve, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm nowhere near him at one Oh seven. Agreed. He's a little bit uh, too rich. Sell him. Sell him rich, a little too rich for our blood, I think. Somehow, um, no, you know, Nick managed to get Tyler Boyd in oh, here. I was going to put. Him, I was going to put him as a buy. That's that's incredible value. What? A, just, just what to remind with Siva. Just, just to remind everyone, Tyler Boyd was seventh, seventh in the NFL in targets in 2019 with 148. We didn't catch half of them. I don't know. I know. There is zero percent chance he gets that volume next year. Zero. And so for me, I would much rather uh, invest invest in guys like Jarvis, Gallup, Ruggs, someone like that in that area. I just don't see the volume for him. Just not going to happen. 
Well, I don't know. People I, are buying. I, I don't know, well, Nick. Don't his his ADP makes me think that he's probably going to. Safe. <laughs> 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 People who listen to this podcast probably aren't buying him, or they think we're. <laughs> yeah, so here, here's Tyler, just, Tyler just Boyd. Just to hear us say stupid shit. Is literally going <laughs> ahead of Justin Jefferson, Michael Gallup, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's behind yeah. Tyler Boyd. Jarvis Landry is yes. what Tyler Boyd would Riminal. be if he times himself by two. Exactly. Like, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson. There's question marks there, but like Tyler Boyd had the best possible situation with AJ Green out the entire fucking season, and all he did was absorb some targets. Oh man, yep. give me the upside of a Henry Ruggs later. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Does he have like a really big family where everyone's just drafting their favorite cousin? Like I don't <laughs> get this ADP. And I'm sorry if you drafted him there, but holy fuck. We might be wrong. It happens. Quite no, a we're, no, th- to Ty, we're wrong a lot. We're not wrong in this one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Um. Okay. Let's uh, let's get out onto the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's uh, a that's a town that has a lot of steel. That's why they call them the Steelers. No. Um, uh, skip it. Skip it, skip it. Skip the Steelers. Yeah. yeah, yeah Nick's yeah. gonna Nick's gonna anger Ty and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not too happy about this one. All right, all right, moving. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be Deontay no, Johnson. Not skipping it. We're yeah. we have a 25 percent communist. Each person gets a share, so Nick can say what he wants. Go ahead, Nick. All right, fine. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be Deontay Johnson. I mean, that's that's a, a hill I'm gonna die on. Just not a justice hill, but a hill I'm gonna die on. It's fair. Rebel, rebel, rebel. <laughs> Go to the motorcycle, Dave. That was, <laughs> was that one in your living room? That was really loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Rick. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> so All right, he's, going, he's going right around the same range as uh, Tyler Boyd, Ruggs, Gallup, Jarvis, those guys. Um, and I mean, if you look at if you look at him versus uh, James Washington from weeks nine to seventeen, he was WR forty, and James Washington was WR twenty five, and he outsnapped Deontay Johnson. I mean, now they've added Claypool. I mean, Juju's coming back. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be there. I think it's going to be a prolific offense. But that entire situation is too muddied. Other than Juju is probably the only wide receiver I really want to invest in at their current ADP. Yeah. And I, I will concede he's he's climbed a lot, Deontay Johnson. When we first, uh, especially when Jay and I were first talking him up a lot, that was you know halfway through last season. Even at the end of last season, like this is a great buy. You're getting him as like a wide receiver 60, 65, and he's – you know, he's became, he became a Twitter darling for a while. Like, it seems like everybody was talking about buying Deontay Johnson and it seems to be up the price for him. Now it's time to sell him. <laughs> now it is. But now, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm selling him, but if I have him, I, I want to ride it out just, you know, just so I can have... Yeah, yeah just like so you know, have bragging rights if it does work out, but yeah, yeah I get an explain to Yeah, like, just, just say the exact same thing that Ty said. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think <laughs> Deontay Johnson, as much as I like to make a joke there and say Nick's going to piss me off, I have no issue with selling Deontay Johnson right now. Um, seeing the guys that go behind him, like right now he's got Michael Hardman, T.Y. Hilton, uh, T. Higgins, Darius Slayton. Like they're, like Darius Slayton, that's insane to be drafting him 42nd wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, Brandon Cooks. I think he's kind of at that point where it starts to fall off a bit. But what made me love Deontay Johnson, and like Ty already alluded to, was his previous value. Uh, Nick made a yep. good point talking about the, that wide receiver room in in uh, in Pittsburgh. So it, it's a little tight in there. So yeah, that that yes, does concern that's... me. You know, even current value though, the guys going around them, the names that you just listed, like none of them are 
you know, for me, crazy to be behind him. Uh, T. Higgins is the one guy that I might be interested in a little more than yeah, Deontay Johnson. Like but too. after that, Deontay Johnson is the guy I want in that range. Yeah. But I think I mean T. Y. Hilton, if yes. I'm a contender, sure. But yeah. other than that, all good points, guys. All but good. He keeps points. climbing. Time. He keeps climbing. Yeah, Damn. I know. We're gonna well, be eventually. We're gonna be like Deontay Johnson, first overall. Is that is that a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's climb down because we're going south. So the AFC South, uh, we're going to just uh, go into the town of Indianapolis. Colts. Colts are a horse, right, Jay? Right yes, there? they are, Dave. Well, all right. I'm getting better, buddy. I'm getting better. I can't let this slide anymore, Dave. North is not up and south is not down. Up is the sky. Down is the earth. <laughs> That's not how it works. And I keep telling Shit, you. Just when I think I'm getting smarter, Jay, keeps, I'm getting and He's got this huge hole in his backyard. He says he's going to China. I don't think he understands geography. <laughs> I do not. All right. Colts, Indianapolis, Colts, those baby horses. Uh, I could be wrong. All right, Ty, I think you have somebody here who's uh, aged gracefully, still has a lot of talent. Yes. And, you, and I think we all know who I'm talking about. Hilson. It's me. No, it's Hilton. Go. Hilton. Hilton. I, would, I would draft you, Dave. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks. Actually, even T.Y. Hilton. I, I would draft him in, I think, in redraft. He has good value, even in Dicey Startup, mm-hmm. where you're getting him. It's not terrible. We just talked about the range that he's in with guys like Michael Hartman, Deontay Johnson. I think it's fine if you have a, if you're building a team that you think is actually going to compete year one, I think you can draft them, use them for a year or two. I just think that some people are just a little bit too high on him. I think with the Philip, like with Philip Rivers coming to town, I think a lot of people were saying, "Oh, the Jacoby Brissett effect of last year." I don't know how much better a 38 year old Philip Rivers is going to be with a limited off season. Uh, like, it may- sh- sure, it should be a better, may- maybe but better. Like, it has Pretty to be a same. little better, but I don't think it's going to be like it's not going to be leaps and bounds. I don't think. No, that's so I, physically impossible. Yeah, yeah. And Dave knows about what's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I was gonna so. say, Ty. Like honestly, when was the last time you were excited about a thirty-year-old wide receiver with a thirty-eight-year-old quarterback? No, I mean, I guess. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Son, son, sons of Hilson, there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, let's talk about like Julio with like a thirty-five-year-old Matt Ryan. Like, yeah, that's cool, but that's about guess, it. This is not the same. Not quite. So I think um, just based on based on name alone, you could probably get uh, slightly above market value for him. Okay. So if you're in a contending team and your wide receivers aren't that deep, I'd say hang on to him. Otherwise, I think I'd you know throw him out there. But yeah, if he's your WR three, I might want to hang on him. I just have him there for a little bit longer. But if he's uh, maybe your WR two, it's time to uh, someone you can. I think if you're not competing. Right now, Michael Pittman's going a few spots behind him. I think yeah, I'd rather Pittman. True. Absolutely. I like I do that. I'm doing am liking the Pittman. Junior. Loving him. I'm all about him. I'm also all about the Jaguars. So love that team. It's a great organization from head to toe, <laughs> north and south, west and east. It's a great team. Uh Nick, I believe you are interested in selling for net. What do you want for him, buddy? What do you want? Well, I don't own them and I don't know if I've ever owned them, but if I did own them, I'd be concerned okay. right now. I mean okay. Ty had a great article that, you know, really broke down Fournette, um, you know, in his fantasy value moving forward and versus how it was in the past. And Fournette had the fifth most receptions for running backs in 2019. And the Jags added Chris Thompson. Yes, that's a big. And it's huge, right? And the Jaguars tried to sell him. He's a bit of a knucklehead. We've talked about that before. We've talked about his knuckles in his head. 
that's just not a guy that I want to invest in right now. And I'd be more than happy to sell him right now at his current ADP. Yep. Somebody should write a really well-written article about him. I just mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I, went to, I went to go get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first thing he said, Ty. Literally the first thing he said. <laughs> I left to get a beer. I'm sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> are we all Are we all about selling uh, Fournette? I, I can buy into that. Into that sell. I can buy into that sell. Yeah. I'm not so yeah. into selling With him based it, yeah. on ADP. I'm more interested in selling him because the team tried to fucking trade him. Yeah. So he, he was given an opportunity to catch some passes last year or fumble some passes last year. And that's not going to happen with the five games that Chris Thompson is going to play. So, <laughs> but I mean, right, right now he's the, in July, he's the 19th <laughs> running back going off the board. What was he in June? In June, he was the 19th running back going off the board. So like that, things aren't changing. Oh, he's going to hold steady fairly value. steady there. Behind him, you have Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Dave Montgomery, Devlin Singletary, Lev Bell. So he's in the range. I think his value should, I think his value is accurate at this point. I think you're paying too much for him before, but if you can still find a guy that's going to pay more than maybe what the 19th running back is worth, and yeah, fucking sell him. Because he, I don't think he's a Jaguar next year, as Dave would say, a Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if, if that's his redraft, if that's his redraft ADP, I think you're getting good value. Dynasty, though? Not, Not super interested. I love this. Uh, I want to bring this tweet up here. I love this tweet. Leonard Fournette gaining 66 rushing yards on 56 or on uh, 15 carries with a long run of 69 yards in the Jags versus Titans Thursday night game last year. Wow! So he had a 69 yard run and slowed <laughs> up with 66 yards on 15 carries. Wow. <laughs> Only Leonard Fournette, man. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, he that, does. Uh, he does break away every now and then. Yeah, but yeah, breaks away yeah. and then has 14 <laughs> carries for negative yards. <laughs> that was Ian Hartitz that Ian posted that. You guys said he's a knucklehead. He maybe bad, someone maybe pointed laugh. at the right end of the field for him and he started running the right way. I don't know. <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump. It's the Leon Lett? Right. He had to turn him around. They're like, no, 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 Lenny, Lenny, you're going the wrong way, Lenny. <laughs> Have you seen Leon Lett do that twice? He's Leon Lett. I think he, uh, Dallas Cowboys 90s. He oh, ran all the way back the wrong way. You know, Leon, I'm, sh- Leon I'm sure Lester? I've seen the ESPN. Oh man, highlight. poor fella! We felt so. Its players felt so bad for him. He <laughs> took a fumble, picked up a fumble, and completely went the wrong way. Oh, oh. That's beautiful! Is uh... all right. Here's another big name on the Tennessee Titans. Titans are humans. Um, <laughs> I I fucking know. The, the, the Tennessee uh, human beings. <laughs> it's gonna change that. All right, all human beings. <laughs> Uh, here's another big name following up from Fournette uh, at the running back uh, in Tennessee. You got Henry here. Okay. Yeah, Derek hey. Henry. I, th- I think everybody's kind of in gre- uh, like in agreement here. We've talked about this before. Just I, I don't know. Derek Henry might come close to repeating this season. Maybe. I'm just not really sure where it goes from there. But even if he does, he's still. If you're in a PPR league, which if you're in Dynasty, you probably are or should be. He he just doesn't return a huge value where he's going. He had 1,540 rushing yards last year, 13 rushing touchdowns. He doesn't catch the ball very often. So you're gonna you're kind of looking for him to repeat 1,500 yards and 13 rushing touchdowns to return on investment, and that's, that's easy. tough to do two years in a row. I did it, but yeah, it's tough. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, you did manage. Plus, I mean, his future is his future is a bit in flux. It was actually reported, as Adam Schefter reported recently, that the Titans are not expecting to reach a long-term uh, franchise tag for – Derrick Henry by Wednesday's deadline, so his his you know his future looks a bit muddy. 
like in dynasty, he's he's just one of the easier sells out there for me. And, and I think Good with point. his ADP, I have nothing wrong with his ADP. He's twelve. He's the twelfth running back off the board. That's fine for me because last year he what, what did he finish last year third. Uh, Fourth, PPR of fifth. PPR was fifth. Okay, fifth, so fifth behind. If Eckler, yeah, right? yeah. So if you're drafting him in the in the as a twelfth running back and he finishes the fifth running back this year, that's fucking awesome value. But how long is this sustainable for? Mm-hmm. Like he needed how many carries did he need to be the fifth running back? <laughs> like it's not sustainable. Yeah, that's a heavy Plus, load. Yeah. How consistent was yeah. he? But if, if I took him at 12, though, if I got him at 12, I don't think I'd be that disappointed. I just wouldn't expect for it to last. And I, think, yeah, I still don't think I'd even go at 12, but it's not no, that. No, no. Right. Yeah, compared to like where he could finish, if he finishes at 5 or 6 or 4 or 8, then you're still getting good money on your, on your dollar there. Nick, you have a note here? You got some numbers and percentages, things like that? A couple of th- I It's random, but I just threw it together. So 55% of Henry's rushing yards came in five games last year, and he accumulated about 50% of his total fantasy points in those five games in half PPR. That's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a stat we yeah. need out there more often, too, is a lot of times you just, the previous year, you go and you look back at what they did over the season, but you don't play a season-long fantasy, fantasy league. You play head-to-head. Yeah. So if a guy is going to get you a shit ton of points and win you one week, but he's going to get very little and lose you another week, is that a valuable player for your team? Yeah, I think it's consistency. I think consistency charts in uh, fantasy are incredibly valuable, completely undervalued. Yeah, completely undervalued, and and they're hard. They're hard to come by too. It's really easy to come by the stats, but not not there's not as many people putting in the work to do the consistency charts. Yeah, I was about to suggest that we should do an episode all on like the most yes. consistent players, and I realized that's a lot of work for us. Yeah, but we could we could start writing it now and put it out in a month. It's uh, like Moneyball, Nick. You got Moneyball going on here, buddy. You can put the best <laughs> yeah, team together. We'll do that. We'll Super do that. cheap. I, hey, if you guys need spreadsheets, I know a guy. It's me. It's not Pischler. It's, you? it's not okay, Pischler. It's, it's not Pierre. Your friend Pierre? No, I don't have a friend Pierre, Dave. No, no, I'm gonna this too. We should though. All right. I think we're gonna go. Jay, am I going left or right here for oh, West? Oh, I, I think Nick's forget. got Nick's got somebody else for uh, Tennessee here. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I cut him. But here, I, I can see his little, his little eyebrow twitch in there. He's, he's <laughs> is he thinking about Ryan he's Tannehill? He's deleted him like four times from the doc. So <laughs> yeah, he's in. I put him in. I put him out. I think the one issue I have with Ryan Tannehill is he put up like historical efficiency numbers last year. We've kind of touched on that in the past. I, I just don't see that those. You know, those numbers being as repeatable as they were last year. And so that's my concern with him moving forward. And that's a fair concern, Nick. That's a very fair concern. I think concern. if you're very drafting him as your third quarterback, I'm okay with it. But if you're relying upon him to be your two, that's where I'm concerned. Yeah. I think he's great value yeah, as two. a three, but as a two, no, fuck that. Yeah, two and super flex. That's, I would do it, but it's, you're not comfortable. No. Yeah, you're, you're not comfortable. You're like, been four days since you've taken a crap. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say because he's going in the twenty-one spot in June, July. There's Maybe July. There's not buddy. enough data yet. There's only seventeen quarterbacks selected so far with with the amount of data that's out there for July. But in June, he was going at at twenty-one near the Garden Gardner Minshew, Justin Herbert, Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I'm I would be more in the. I hate Justin Herbert. I'm not a huge fan. I shouldn't say hate him. He's probably he's probably an okay guy, but. I would be more interested in the upside of a Justin Herbert than I would be of hoping Tannehill repeats. Did you see his July ADP, by the way, Herbert? I know I was going to touch on him later. Is it high? QB 17. 
I think everyone that's in those uh, drafts are listening to this podcast about me talking about Justin. So Herbert. all two, all, two, all two hundred and fifty people. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. He's seventeen. But I mean, that's how many. Uh, that's not that many drafts yet. We'll see. We'll see when the month's over. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, so Daniel concerned. Daniel right. Jones was the biggest faller of the July. So they're, not listen, they're listening to Nick, but they're not listening no. to me. No, <laughs> Ty, you gotta start yeah. tweeting more. That, that might be good. Might be good. All right, let's get to the AFC left. Uh, what do we got there? <laughs> we have <laughs> the left coast. Uh, all right, we have another Ty. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Ty, this is another big running back. It's a third big running back name that you've thrown out there. That's right. So lightly. Uh, but I think we're all pretty much kind of, I know Nick is kind of big on selling those running backs uh, pretty early on in the career and we get a good return on it. So you have a, a rookie who hasn't even uh, hit the, the field in the NFL yet. Uh, Clyde, it's Clyde, not Charles. Clyde Edward Hilaire, I believe, is your man. You're selling yes. a buddy. Yeah, I've seen him go number one. I've seen him go number one in uh, well the draft we did there the other day. He went first draft, overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm normally more of the uh, you know sell running backs year four, year five if you're uncomfortable with them. That's right. Your year four is kind of the sell. But Clyde Edwards, I'm fine with him if, if rookie draft taking first overall. Personally, I would take Johnson Taylor. Yes, but I'd probably take him second. Like I'm fine with where he's going there. It's just he's going in the first round of a ton of drafts right now. Yeah, and, I was happy to get Taylor <laughs> number two. I just think it's crazy to have him in the first round of a startup draft, and he has so much value right now. You could trade him and basically restart rebuilding. You get, you know, I talked about Josh Jacobs before as a guy that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is becoming too expensive on his own right. But somebody like Josh Jacobs, you know, I've seen trades of Josh Jacobs plus to get Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Personally, I make that trade every single day of the week. Get Jacobs like, in a WR2 or something? Or I mean, yeah, exactly. And like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, yeah, he's 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 an intriguing talent. He's a perfect type of running back for the modern NFL and he landed in what's probably going to be a dynasty. So that's great. But if you actually look at what running backs have done in in uh, Kansas City's offense under Andy Reid, rush attempts 31st, targets 17th, yards 23rd. Like, it's, it's it's so spread out. It's so spread out. Like they'll run a lot to kill the clock with their leading games, but that's not really where you're going to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire shine. Yeah. So so I'm not saying he's not going to be great. I think he's going to be awesome. You know, if you own him, yeah, he's fantastic. But you know, if you you, you can trade him for more than he's probably worth. I think his landing spot's a little overrated because I mean, those guys are passing the ball, and they're not. You know, yeah, you're right. They're not going to use him for garbage time. They'll use uh, my boy Williams or somebody. Whoever else is there. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I read an article recently. It was actually really interesting. It was about uh, like rookie draft capital versus landing spot versus like talent. Oh, shit. It was uh, it was it was it was poorly written. I think it was done in crayon. <laughs> I where you're going with that one? But it has it has some good points. It was written by Nick, so I'll pass it over to Nick. See, I'll pass it over I, to Nick now if he's got. Ty, you here. stole it from me. I was actually going to make the same fucking comment. So we got an article on our site. Nick just posted it. Yes, actually, yeah, he sent it to me two days ago. I got off my ass pretty quickly and had it up on the site. And I'm amazing for doing that. I really deserve a lot of the credit. But um, <laughs> Nick wrote a really cool article. It's about ADP versus talent, or ADP. It's about talent versus landing spot. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire wasn't the topic of the article, but this is a cautionary tale, and I'll let the author speak to it. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically what I ended up doing is um, I went back to uh, past historical fantasy rookie drafts back in 2014, and I just kind of compared, like, March-April ADP 
and then versus like July, August, which is kind of hype season and just compare them from 2014 to 2019 mm-hmm. and just picked out outliners that like guys that were, you know, ranked lower in March and then suddenly shot up really high. I mean, the first one, um, you know, one of the ones that I recall back, I remember the, uh, in 2014 was Bishop Sankey. I mean, if you're, if you're oh, playing, yeah. fa- if you're playing fantasy back in 2014, Bishop Sankey in April was going as the RB6 and 17th overall player in rookie drafts. And then if you fast forward to July, he was picked Yeesh. by the Titans. He was the first running back being taken in rookie drafts, fourth overall. And we all know how Bishop Sankey that worked out, right? is a complete and utter bust. <laughs> Damn it. I traded so him. I, I kind of go through the I kind of go through those scenarios from 2014 to 2019. It's a pretty long article, but I kind of summarize at the end, guys, in 2020, what can we use for the trends? And Clyde Edwards-Solaire is one of the guys that I looked at that potentially, if you look at his March ADP versus, you know, his July ADP now, he's a guy that climbed a little bit too much. And so just a cautionary tale, I'm not saying Clyde Edwards-Solaire is going to be a bust, but just he may be outperformed by other fantasy assets that are going in around that area. Excellent. I'll, uh, it's, a, it's, a good it's, a, point. it's a great article. I I thoroughly enjoyed reading it and posting it and doing all the hard work yeah. and getting it out there. So I'll make sure it's linked in the uh, in the episode description. Footnotes in the footnotes. Yeah, we're, che- we're checking out. Yeah, it's a great article. Is it, if there's more than one footnote, isn't it feet? Feet notes. Yeah, feet notes. This isn't a Rex Ryan episode. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> old Rex is uh, starting to sweat a bit. Love the footsies, the one thing Dave has in um, common with Rex Ryan. We're both deviant <laughs> sexually. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, I told you that Why do you keep telling me to point my webcam towards my feet, Dave? It's freaking me out. <laughs> no. I told you something. My eyes are just... Anyways. Um, <laughs> all right. Cool. Excellent. Um, yeah. Love it. Chargers. Love them. Great team. Herbert. Sell him because yeah. he's barely 17th. Yeah, we just kind of yeah, we just kind of touched on that earlier, but I mean QB 17. Man. Yeah, that's a little that's, that's, uh, that's concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's 18, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I was all over his value when he was in the mid to late twenties, but I mean in the 20 range, that's too rich for me, even though he's a guy that I believe in right now. I'd rather go in a different direction potentially. Not me. I've always been yeah. a huge Herbert fan. I think he's per- big fan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he made that quite clear from day one. That's fair. And Nick, you did mention Austin Eckler here. And then I deleted really, it. Yeah, you're not jumping on him like you have yeah. him in there. But I think he's an interesting guy, though. Like he's, yeah. he's very interesting. Would you get enough for it? Like you think is. I don't think it's. I think his value's dipped a little bit. No, I think it depends on the league. I think some people are very high on this guy, and some aren't. Yeah, I mean, I know they were. There's a point where you could really get a good deal on him. Yeah, I was a big proponent, bef- like probably you know prior to the start of the summer of sell Austin Eckler, but I think I'm kind of on board with Austin Eckler now. It's yeah, that's a tough one. I think it's it goes back to the next article: talent versus situation. I think the situation's changed, but the talent is still there. And if yeah, he's yeah. going to get the ball, has like, is Tyrod Taylor going to dump him the ball until Herbert takes over? If he does, then I don't see Eckler taking that much of a step back. But the, I think it's just such an unknown at this point. But if you believe in the talent, yeah. right now Eckler is value. Mm-hmm. And I think, what about Denver? Do you guys have anybody for Denver? I thought they're kind of, I thought yeah, they're pretty I, interesting, but I don't see anything in the notes. 
Yeah. I think we have. Like, you have a very crowded wide receiver room. You got you got a couple of running backs there. You got a, a quarterback that's slowly climbing up the uh, the charts a bit. But is there anyone mm-hmm. there that you guys think maybe isn't gonna, not going to perform to their ADP and might be worth selling? Yeah. My closest would be the one guy I kind of considered was uh, Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, thought you I, I like him, and I, I don't think his value is crazy or anything like that. You're probably not getting a massive return. But I think he's a bit high. You see him in a lot of leagues going ahead of guys like Shark, Cooper Cup, you know, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, those type of guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would have him below a couple of those guys. So, you know, Corton Sutland, I'd probably put out some feelers and trades, see what you can get for him. Just because I think there are there's a ton of targets mm-hmm. there. I'm not sure what his, you know, what his target share is going to be compared to last year, which I think was close to like we talked about this a few weeks ago, 24%. Now, which is an achievable number for him. I don't know if, you know, he ex- can necessarily exceed that though. Yeah. So I might, I might look and see what I can get for him, but yeah, not, shop, shop, not, shop, yeah, definitely not rushing. I just, I, I think really I like, at the end of the day, like who do you like better, Judy or Sutton? Forget um, ADP, forget like, like what it costs you to get them. You everything. can pick one or two in a vacuum, and it's not going to cost you anything. Who are you picking? I have Sutton ranked, I think, two spots ahead of Judy in my dynasty rankings right now, but I want to say Judy. I want to say Judy, too. I just want to say it. I will say it. I, I just said it. Yeah. Yeah. Judy going nine or ten spots later, I like his value a little more. Well, I guess. Yeah. Nick's like, got to sit in the toilet and think about it, this one. It's like, it's like picking between your two favorite cars right here. Like It's a little difficult. Well, Dave's, Dave I mean, I, cars. He's going to pick motorcycles. You've heard his neighborhood. Yeah, so <laughs> I think I'd go Sutton, but there's concern enough because of the amount of how much volume. Like, Is, is Locke going to throw 600-plus passes next year? Probably not. I don't know. Yes, maybe. I don't think you bring Melvin in Gordon. Melvin there's Gordon a lot of want to do that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talented on on Denver right now. I mean, I, I almost put run the ball. I almost put Locke in the dock, but he dropped in July ADP to where he probably should be. He was a little bit higher than June, but Locke yeah. in the dock. Locke in the dock. <laughs> actually, I actually wrote Locke in there initially, and then I looked up where he was going and thought, okay, that's yeah, just he's, he's in a good spot. That's, I think yeah. the whole offense here is is in, is probably one of the most interesting offenses in the NFL right now. Like Noah Fant for me as a 22 year old tight end, like that is. Um, he's going to be interesting to watch, see what he does. Uh, Philip yeah. Lindsay, he's still 25. Yeah. Gordon Lindsay in the backfield, you know, that's like, going to be a well-balanced. Oh, it's going to be, I think this season, I think if you're going to gamble on somebody in Denver, Corton Sutton's probably not the guy to gamble on because his ADP is reflective of kind of where he, in best case scenario, mm-hmm. will probably end up. Uh, Judy, on the other hand, like in a vacuum, I'm still taking Sutton, I think. just I'm just, I'm so close to saying Judy, but... It's, yeah, it's tough. tough. It's tough because the value yep. with Judy is like just fucking insane. Yeah, I love Judy. Is yep. actually as a buy right now because I think he just dropped so much based on landing spot, and I think it's crazy. I think he's one of the best wide yeah. receiver prospects we've seen come up in a few Absolutely. years. So I want him on my team. Hey, excellent. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna do a NFC next week. So uh, merci beaucoup for listening to this week's installment of the DFL Show. Uh, Dynasty Life underscore FF is our Twitter. It's also where Nick lives. <laughs> uh, the rest of us live at home with our parents, like a normal forty-year-old would do. Just kidding. We're all we're all independent semi-men here. Thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, for I just, like two I wanna, more weeks, Ty. You, you keep me. saying that. Yeah. Oh, two weeks. Oh, great. We'll remember yeah, that. Um, yeah, exactly. Actually. Uh, perfect. Well, stay safe, stay well, stay cool, and stay sticky if you're a cinnamon bun. Uh, <laughs> Come up yeah. with this. Stuff. What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
cinnamon buns are sticky. So if you're a cinnamon uh, bunny, you want to stay sticky because that's your value, you're, buddy. You're, you're you're man, Dave. Cinnamon bun listeners, <laughs> weird. I, I love you. I love your. I love your weird cat mug cinnamon <laughs> bun motherfucker. <laughs> Cheers. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Catch you guys later. This is the Dynasty Football Life Podcast. <laughs>